Welcome to the third and final part of the personal branding mini-series. I hope you've all enjoyed it and um, in this episode I'm going to just wrap up sort of my final thoughts on the personal branding topic and then I've got 10 or so questions from people that have reached out. So I haven't I'm just looking at the questions. I haven't prepared um, for them, so I'm just going to read them and then um, give it a good old go at answering them, which I think will be a bit more fun and a bit more um, authentic. So before I get cracking and and started, um, I just wanted to say if you've um, enjoyed the slightly different approach in terms of these episodes, just myself talking, um, I would love your feedback because um, that's only going to help me sort of plan and um, potentially do more of these in the future um, and all, as always if you have the time and you're getting some value from this podcast it would mean a lot um, if you could leave a review on the Apple podcast app uh, which is only going to allow me to reach more people so let's get into it and the bullet points I have before I answer the questions um, there's only three of them um, And the first one is starting is the most important thing. I think that that is the bottom line when it comes to personal branding as a recruiter. I think if you just start, whatever that looks like, um, if that's video, if that's writing, if that's sharing a LinkedIn status, if it's liking someone's post, if it's commenting, whatever that may be, the most important thing that you can do this year is start. And I think that's all that needs to be said on that because that you can keep you can keep going on with you can keep going on with the excuses or you can keep trying to work out what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. But for me personally, I learned the most from starting um, by trying different things put myself out there and that's when you're going to get the most out of this it really is so that's that's my bullet point to kick this off is starting your sort of personal branding journey starting sharing starting to share your opinion online is the most important thing if that's all you get from listening to these podcasts dedicated to this topic that you should just start then then I'm I'm happy because if more of you start, then more of you are going to have the opportunity to reap the rewards at the end of this year or or even sooner um, from having a personal brand. So that, that's the first bullet point. So the next bullet point is how will it have a direct impact on your billings and how um, it has helped me win clients? So look, for me, everything that dictated... Uh, my decision making around sharing videos, sharing posts when I was a recruiter and now in the role I'm in. More so, obviously, uh, when I was a recruiter was, um, I the mindset I had was, I would do anything to give myself a competitive advantage. As most of you will know, I had a really difficult first 12 months in, in recruitment um, and I went into year two willing and open-minded to do anything to get ahead of my competition. So um, this is a really important one. It will have a direct impact on your billings, but also um, it will also give you a real competitive advantage in your market. 
okay? I now speak to recruitment businesses every single day, and trust me, there are still so many people on the fence with this. So there's a real window of opportunity um, to start um, and get ahead of your competition. So how will it have a direct impact on your billings? For me, I've just got to draw to how it had an impact to my billings. I'm only going to talk from experience. And in my first year, um, terrible year, build 24K. In my second year, I build just under 150K. And the only thing I did different was um, the personal branding piece. I did exactly the same um, activities, the same tasks in, my, in year one. Of course, there in year two you've got more relationships. Um, you're more well known because you you just you just stuck at it. However, um, it had a direct impact on my billings. That I mean that that's all I can say on that. And I think there's there's a few reasons. One, it will give you a competitive advantage. So when you do call someone uh, for the first time and there's more of a chance that they may know you that's going to give you an advantage in that call to position it in a better way or you, you're, you've already built an element of trust before you've even speak, spoken to them and that is going to give you a real advantage. Um, and I think combining all of the personal branding piece with just being proactive, doing what recruiters do best, be, be relentless on the phone, have resilience, be persistent, mixed with creating content, sharing your opinion, becoming an authority within your market, becoming a thought leader um, is a real powerful mix. And I think that's why it filters down to having a direct impact um, on your billings because it's going to make your life easier in terms of the first time you meet someone. That you, when you go to networking events, people approach you. When you uh, cold call a, a client who's seen your content, when you cold call someone about uh, a piece of content that you've shared, etc., etc. It's those types of things that it can really help with and that's why it's going to help your billings, um, in my opinion. And just to wrap that up, I've continued to, if any of you are connected with me on LinkedIn, I think it's fair to say that I'm pretty active on there. And it has helped me win clients for Hoxo Media. It has helped me when I've cold called and spoken to people who I've never spoken to before. And this is, this is literally, to bring that to life, this is how the call goes. If I call someone I've never spoken to before, who I'm probably connected with on LinkedIn, who is um, potentially the right business, um, I, I open a call saying, hi, hi there, we haven't spoken before, my name's Hisham Azuz, I work for Hoxo Media. Um, nine times out of ten, that person will even know who I am, seen some of my content, or um, know who Hoxo Media are. So because of that, the opportunities um, and the credibility and the trust um, is already built there so it's helped me win clients through the podcast it's helped me win clients through the content through inbound messages from LinkedIn um, and yeah it's, it's had a direct impact on on my sales so I guess that bullet point now I just really want to stress that um, this this whole personal branding piece isn't to replace what all of you are, are great at it's just to combine it with with um, the methods that you're already doing and not just be so reliant on what's worked for the last 10, 20 years in recruitment. And that's why it's going to have a direct impact on your billings. When you combine the two, your billings are going to increase. Definitely. Amazing. Cool. So the last bullet point I have is practical LinkedIn tips and general tips. So um, 
look, I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into a few a few things um, on this. And if you want to ask me any further questions around this, just just give me a, a message on LinkedIn. But these are some of the things that are really working for me. So, um, first and foremost, if you are confident to get in front of the camera, and quite a few people tag me in vi- in their first videos recently, which I'm really pleased to see. If I look at the stats, because obviously you can go on someone's post on on LinkedIn, and 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 if it's a video, you can see how many impressions and and views it's got. If I look at the videos that I've been tagged in recently, the majority of them are well over a thousand. And I'm, I'm making an educated guess here, but that's that's probably the most reach that you've most experienced um, from your time using LinkedIn. So if you've got the courage to use video, it will pay dividends in the amount of people that you can reach. And Normally, when you when you share your first video, um, there's a great chance that it's going to reach a lot more people because people will make the time to comment and say, "Well done for sharing your video." Um, people admire that courage, and people um, are still still. It's a quite scary thing to jump in front of the camera. It is a bit weird. It is a bit awkward at first. But if you do it and you pluck up the courage to do it, um, LinkedIn love video. And if you haven't seen already. Um, but LinkedIn are also now trialing and have rolled it out to a number of specific members in LinkedIn in America um, is LinkedIn Live Video. So I'm sure you've seen Instagram Live or Facebook Live. So LinkedIn are really trying to invest in video and that's because people love to consume video. So um, if, you have, if you have the courage to get in front of the camera and make video, um, there's a, a real greater chance that it's going to reach more people. Next one, um, get 10 or more likes as quickly as possible in the first hour, including comments as well. The reason for that is if LinkedIn think, if LinkedIn see that your video or your post or whatever is getting likes quickly, um, particularly in that first hour, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to pull it in front of more people because it thinks it's more relevant, right? If people are liking posts, then that should mean that the network appreciate the content, they see value in it, and that's why LinkedIn is going to push it in front of more people because then that's they deem it as it's more valuable. So start a WhatsApp group is my next point. Start a WhatsApp group or some sort of internal communication where if, if you're in a team of five, six, eight people, you need to leverage all of your networks. So if you look, if you look around right now, how many connections all of you have in your market, in your team... It's probably it should be at least over ten thousand, right, or or going towards that between five and ten thousand. So that's so many people. So start an internal communication ASAP, in which when you share a post, um, chuck it in the WhatsApp group or whatever it is that you use to to make sure everyone can quickly click on it and like it. There's nothing wrong with all of your colleagues liking your post. It doesn't look weird. It doesn't look abnormal. Do it because if you, all of your colleagues like it, it's instantly going to go in front of their connections, right? And also tag people. That's another thing. Tag as many people who are going to find your post and video relevant um, and it will reach more people. It just does. If you see my post on LinkedIn, I always tag people. But don't just tag anyone for the sake of it because it gets annoying. Tag people that are going to benefit from your post. Tag your colleagues and it will reach more people. So get 10 or more likes or comments in the first hour. Start an internal communication uh, group within your team so then it's a lot easier to access each other's posts, click the link and like them um, and tag as many relevant people in your post 
always and it will reach more people. I don't know exactly why, but it just does. Whenever I tag people, it reaches more people. When I don't, it doesn't reach as many people, okay? Um, the next point is keep people in LinkedIn. So if you're gonna share a video, don't post it through YouTube. The reason for that, look, LinkedIn wants you to stay in LinkedIn as much as possible. If you have to click a link and go into YouTube or whatever, um, how is that gonna benefit LinkedIn, right? So post everything natively um, as you can. And if you, you may have seen now, and I use it in the podcast and it works, is let's say you uh, wanna drive someone to a YouTube video, um, post about it and then say the link is in the comments, right? So don't, don't basically direct people out of the plot platform within your post. You want to keep it native. So if you're posting a video, post it natively. If you, can't, if you don't want to put the full video on there, post like a one-minute clip and then say watch the rest of the video with a link in the comments or whatever that may be. So just be mindful of that. If you're driving people to other places, um, it's more than likely you're not going to get as much reach because LinkedIn are going to be aware that, that you're driving them outside of the platform, which means they're going to spend more time on YouTube, Facebook, or whatever it is, and that isn't on LinkedIn, okay? Um, the last point I had is use subtitles on video. Now, it's interesting, this one, because I've been experimenting with this over the last couple of weeks, and when I've done videos just on my iPhone and not having subtitles, they've, they've reached a lot of people and done really well. So I'm, I'm a bit on the fence on that one right now. I think... I think you just have to play around with it. And um, so normally I'd say always put subtitles on there because the videos start um, on on mute and silent. So it's really beneficial to have subtitles. But over the last month, I've shared a lot of videos without subtitles and they've done really well. So I'd say play around with that. Um, if it's like a really... Um, educational piece of content where it's really important what you say then I would advise to put subtitles on it but if it's just off the cuff you just come back from a client meeting and you wanted to share something then I don't think that's as important I think what you're saying and getting in front of the camera is more important so I'd say um, uh, play around with that um, would be uh, my last thing so um, I'll put a link in the um, show notes but there's a website that I've always used for ages now um, I, sh- I should become a sales rep if I'm honest with these guys because I've always directed people there but there's a website called rev.com um, I'll put a link in the notes um, and that's what I use for subtitles because it's just super easy um, it's, you pay like a dollar per minute uh, for the video, um, and then you can go in, you can edit the subtitles in the platform, but they're like 75% accurate, um, and then you can download the file and, and upload it with uh, LinkedIn. So they are my current uh, LinkedIn hacks and sort of practical tips. There's, there's probably a lot a lot more out there, but they're the ones that um, I've jotted down. Um, amazing. So let's dive into the questions um, which I'm excited about. So thank you so much to everyone that has sent me some questions to answer um, on this. And as I said, I'm just going to read them um, and then I'm going to give it a real good go um, to answer them. So the first question I've got is from a chap who I'm going to absolutely butcher the last name that you have. So I'm so sorry if I pronounce this wrong. But um, his name is Morgan Sinivasan. Um, apologies if I got that wrong. Um, I've just listened to your podcast on personal branding and I was wondering on what type of inv- information you'd advise sharing. And he's also added, should I be looking to sell myself as an expert in the accounting field or as having an expert knowledge of recruiting for accountants? So 
I guess the first question is pretty much the, the next question because you've asked what type of information should you advise sharing. So um, accounting field or as an expert knowledge, I think um, it's got to be both in my opinion. Um, I don't see why it would be one. Why would you want to be just perceived as an expert in the accounting field but not be perceived as an expert um, in recruiting for accountants, right? I think, I think really you're going you're gonna to be talking about both, um, Morgan, if I'm honest, because you want to be known as the go-to person um, who understands the accounting market um, and uh, understand that accounting landscape, which is why you understand the recruitment element of it. So I would say it's both. So um, what I would say is you need to start talking. So that hopefully that will answer your question. But what you should start talking about um, is talking about the accounting landscape, what you're what you're seeing going on in the accounting market, um, and then also really specific. Um, hiring advice around accountants, right? If that's for focused on clients or if that's focused on candidates. Um, so I would say the advice that you're giving to people now on the one-on-one phone calls and the one-on-one meetings is your content. I've said this a lot, but think about um, what advice you're giving to accountants when they're attending interviews. Think about how you're managing accountancy businesses' uh, expectations in your meetings. So I'd say that is your content, Morgan. So to answer your question, to be crystal clear, should you be talking about yourself as an expert in the accounting field or an expert knowledge of recruiting for accountants? It's both. You want to be perceived as a thought leader within the accounting market plus an expert in recruiting for accountants. So it's both. The next question, Chris Ash, who's actually sent me three questions. So what I'll do is I'll um, I'll, 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 I'll go, I'll break down uh, each one and answer them. So how often would you recommend posting video content? My honest advice to that is as much as possible. Now, if you're going from zero to wanting to post video, then just give yourself a target of once a week or even once every two weeks, right, if you're, if you're really struggling. The most important thing is you start. So there's no key recommendation on how much you should post. Um, it's like anything, right? How many times should you make a BD call? Just think of it like that, right? Qu- consistency and quantity is only going to speed up the process of you reaching more people and you being perceived in a certain way. The next question, I'm keen to get my perspective out there, but equally don't want to clog up people's feeds. I get the question and I thought a bit about this and I think you can't just speak about the same thing, which is why it absolutely kills me when I see recruiters talk about jobs, jobs, jobs and more jobs. So I think, um, Chris, if you've got something to say, people will listen. If you're just talking about the same thing, then obviously be aware that you might just be talking about the same thing and you might annoy people and you might clog up people's feeds. I'll be honest with you, um, I've had quite a lot of people tell me recently that I'm all over their LinkedIn newsfeed and for me that's a positive. And if I think about the content I put out, it's not always the same thing. So I think if you're not, if you're putting out, if what you're putting out there is valuable um, and it's not always the same thing, and you're not hammering home the same point, then I don't think there's a problem with that at all. Now, at the same time, if you do get feedback that, Chris, you're clogging up my feed and it's always the same shit, listen to that and make adjustments. But I don't think that's a bad thing, in my opinion. 
How long should personal branding videos be? I've seen a fair few videos that, that last two to three plus minutes, but would a 30 second video be long enough to make an impact? Well, I think, um, again, there's no sort of secret as to how long your video should be. I think that between the 30 second and minute mark, if you can get your point across in that period, that's a, that's a great uh, time to um, capture someone's attention, right? I mean, I think on, on Facebook, it's even less than that on the advertisement and, and the sponsored ads, etc. But I think, look, if you were to scroll through your LinkedIn newsfeed, there, there'll be a lot of a varied um, amount of videos. And I think the really interesting thing about LinkedIn is that if, if it is valuable what you're talking about, people will listen. So I think Again, there's no, there's no secret. I think a big part of that would be experimenting and doing a video where you talk about what you want to talk about in a minute. And then the next time you might just uh, do it longer than that and see how which one performs. But my advice would be um, there is no secret. And if you do go over a minute or over 30 seconds, that's okay. But likewise, if you get your point across in those 30 seconds, that can still make an impact. So I'd say... Most important thing, Chris, is that you start posting video. These types of questions here are easy to to sort of prevent you from starting because you're trying to you're trying to work out what would be the best thing. So my honest advice, Chris, would be to start, but hopefully those answers help. Uh, with yeah, hopefully those uh, answers help. So next question is from James Dean, and he's asked, "Do you have to have a level of consistency in your posts? E.g., just talk about X." Or would you mash it up with other pieces of content as well? So I think what you're saying here, James, is um, should you just be talking about the same thing or should you be talking about maybe jobs and then should you be talking about what's going on in your market? Should you then be talking about a candidate? Um, I think, um, yes, I think you should definitely mix it up in my opinion i think if you i think they'll also k- keep your network engaged if you if you mix it up in terms of like an iphone video to a pro- professional uh, video or um if you ma- if you uh, mix up the topics that you're talking about because um you don't want people to see james dean pop up and then go oh i know what he's going to be talking about right you want you want to keep people engaged and i think a good way of doing that is always talking about different things or trying to talk about different things because when people do see your video they're going to be curious and then they're going to be like right okay what is he saying this time so you have to definitely be consistent in your posts 1000% and my answer to mashing it up would be yes if you can i definitely would as long as you're not talking about jobs all the time um, sprinkle in jobs and talk about things what are going on in your market talk about your candidates challenges talk about your clients challenges in your market you should definitely mash it up um, and to wrap that up you have to be consistent with your post 1000% you need to be otherwise you're not going to get the rewards if you only post once every two weeks it's, it's just like it's just like anything in recruitment right if you only for me, I, I look, if you only chase a candidate once, what are the chances you're going to get hold of that person or they're going to come back to your voicemail? Likewise with BD calls, right? You have to be consistent. Right, next question, uh, which is from uh, Vicky uh, Richardson. Um, Previous videos have only been about jobs that I've done. I'm avoiding this given what you said. Thank you for listening, Vicky. <laughs> I'm more active now on LinkedIn by sharing posts, commenting on posts, and posting pictures. So it's coming. Amazing. Most important thing is that you've started. Would you brainstorm and write ideas down first or do it off the cuff? I'm probably overthinking it, but some pointers would be great. I think that's, I think that's a great question. So I think there's a lot of benefit to planning your content. 
definitely. So if you can plan ahead um, what topics you're gonna make a video about, then do it. So brainstorm ideas, definitely. It's only gonna mean that you're not stressed about what should, you, what should I share this week, etc. So if you can spend half an hour um, every other day writing down a bullet point that you're gonna talk about, it doesn't have to be structured, it doesn't have to be scripted, like I've done on this podcast, Vicky, I've just written down a bullet point and I've elaborated on that bullet point. Um, and you, you um, tagged me in a video recently which looks like it's done really well, which is talking about redundancy as a candidate, and that seemed like it's done really well, and that's probably because you had those conversations over that week with candidates or clients about redundancy, how did you deal with it, etc. And that's a perfect example of the type of content that you can share. And that is more off the cuff, so I think if you, if you combine um, having some planning and organisation around what you're going to share on a weekly basis, um, mixed with wow, that was a really interesting conversation I just had with that candidate. I'm going to share this with everyone. Um, I think that's a really good mix. So that would be my um, advice on that. The next question Vicky asked me was, would you always do a video with content or mix it up with pictures? Mix it up, most definitely. As I've already said, videos do tend to do better and LinkedIn do promote video. However, there's nothing wrong with mixing it up. The last thing that you want to do is always feel like if in order for you to share content, you have to create a video and that may not be sustainable. The most important thing is that you're consistent. So if that means you do have to just share written words with a picture every now and again, that's okay. Again, sharing content and being consistent is the most important thing. Um, The next question from Vicky was, should I portray a specific message to develop my brand? For example, we have the running recruiter who posts videos while he runs. I think they're great and he stands out. So do I need to think of something really creative too? Interesting one. I mean, if I had to run every time I had to make content... I think that I guess that would be a good thing because I'll be keeping fit, um, but that could obviously prove to not be sustainable again. Um, but I don't think that I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a really cool um, uh, adv- advantage or a carved out niche that that person's done there. Um, but no, I don't think um, you need to come up with a really creative idea to be to stick out in a certain way. I think the most important thing is that you're Vicky Richardson and Vicky Richardson stands out, right? Um, obviously, if you come up with some catchy name like the running recruiter, then obviously there's a huge advantage to that. However, I think the most important thing is that you're Vicky Richardson and that Vicky Richardson stands out and that your brand stands out. So my advice is that you don't have to be super creative and come up with a cool way of delivering your content. The most important thing is that you're Vicky Richardson, you're authentic. Wow, how many times have I just said your name? <laughs> but you stay authentic, you stay true to yourself. Um, and if people buy into Vicky and what you stand for, and it doesn't matter if you're a running recruiter, if you're Vicky, the expert in what, whatever you recruit in, um, it doesn't matter. I hope uh, that helped. So um, the next question is from Dan Story, um, who's asked, I struggle to come up with original interesting content that doesn't look like I'm just fishing for likes and comments. Where do you draw inspiration from? So for me, I've already mentioned it on this episode, um, is... If you've actually got the mindset of you're, you're, you want to create content, 
then start listening out to pain points and challenges and aspirations and motivations from people that you speak to on a daily basis. As I've already, as I, as I've already said, recruiters in a really unique position to create content because you're that middle person between the client and the candidate. So what I'd say, Dan, is start really listening out to the common challenges and the common motivations people are talking to you about in the market. If your clients are telling you, wow, this is really difficult to recruit for my business and I keep seeing these common things and I keep seeing these and people talk about it. If you listen to candidates who keep saying, "I'm I'm not getting enough interview prep from recruiters or I never get interview feedback or... Um, these businesses are always talking about money. They're not talking to me about where I can get to in my career. Talk about that. So what I'd say is if you've got the the, the keen eye and the, the you're consciously thinking about how to make content, then start listening into these conversations that you're having um, and jot down and write down when you do go, wow, okay, this per- I've spoken to three people now that have always mentioned this. I'm going to talk about it. And that would be my advice. So I hope that um, helped. Um, Okay, the next question. Um, Sam, this is from Sam Holden, um, who has asked, how can I dif- uh, differentiate myself and create my personal brand while sticking to my company's overriding ethics and branding? Um, it's a tough one, that, if I'm honest, Sam. I think um, to make yourself stand out, um, you're only going to do that by being Sam Holden, is what I'd say. Um, so first and foremost... Being yourself, being true to yourself, and being authentic um, is how you're gonna is how you're gonna stand out. People are gonna remember who Sam Holden is. Um, that that's just how they're gonna remember you. Um, obviously, look, it's, it's such a common phrase that people buy from people. So if you really stand out to people and you go above and beyond for your clients and your market, that's how that's how you're gonna stand out. Would be my would be my honest opinion. Um, how can you create a personal brand while sticking to my company's overriding ethics and branding? Um, I think if I um, remember correctly, you do work for quite a big corporate recruitment business. And I think, look, if you're, if you're, if you're, I think, look, they, they've employed you. So you're going to be on one-on-one phone calls with people who are, who are communicating with essentially you and the brand that you work for. And likewise, when you meet these people face-to-face or video call or whatever. So if they trust in you to be competent um, and, um, uh, live and breathe their ethics and branding through the conversations and through the advice you're giving through being a consultant, then I don't think why why would that stop you from sharing a post or sharing a, a video um, about uh, what you're talking about on these one-on-one conversations. I, so I don't think there should be friction there or be a problem there because you're employed by that business and you're you're, you're having a direct relationship with the people um, with the people that you're helping who are essentially having a direct re- re- a relationship with the brand so I would say obviously if you're going to start jumping on um, online and start being really controversial or um, starting to give people a lot of stick or um, talking about things that could mean that um, the, the company and the brand that you work for is going to get a backlash or bad press or uh, bad attention then obviously there's something there to think about. But I think if you're if it's if that if you haven't even tried to create content or share anything, um, and you're just making the assumption that what you're talking about isn't in line with the ethics and branding of your company, I don't think that's the right assumption to make. Because as I've said, you're you're out you're out there every single day, trusted, um, a competent 
uh, employee of these people um, to build relationships, to talk to the market, um, to meet people in the market. So I don't see why um, you shouldn't be trusted to share your opinion online because you're, you're doing it anyway. I hope that answers your question. I know that's a, a bit of a difficult one. Um, the next uh, few questions are from um, Amit Shingdia. I hope I pronounced your surname right. Um, as a small independent recruitment company, one or two employees, how should you approach personal branding, if any different to any other organisations? No, I, I don't think there's a, any different way of approach, approaching it at all. I think if you really, really double down on Amit's brand people are going to know about your small agency which hopefully will become a bigger agency so all i'd say is don't get too caught up in blowing up the recruitment agency's brand and focus on amit's brand because if your brand blows up and gets even bigger that's only going to filter down and siphon off to the recruitment brand anyway if people know who amit are they're going to know who who what you're who um you work for so that would be my advice on that and What do you believe are the three most important elements in personal branding for engagement with your audience? Great question. Um, I've never actually broken it down to three most important elements. I think um, the first thing that springs to mind is um, you have to remain true to yourself. You have to be Amit. And the reason for that is if you start talking about things that quite frankly, um, people people who know you well... Um, know that you're lying quite frankly if you start sharing um, sharing content about why you believe in interview feedback so much and there's candidates in your network that see that post who um, went to an interview that was arranged by you and you never got back to them and, and gave them the interview feedback you can be exposed they can comment on your post and say hang on a minute Amit you're lying you never you never shared you never shared um, the interview feedback with me so I'd say the most important thing is that look you hear the word authentic and I've said it a few times on this episode um, you have to stay true to yourself because that's a great thing about this personal brand piece is that um, you will get exposed for what you stand for you'll get exposed for who you really are and that means that if you're a great recruiter that's how you're going to be perceived because that's who you are so be true to yourself and that means that you're going to, it's also going to be sustainable because if you're trying to create a brand around values and, and the things that quite frankly you don't believe in, then how, how are you going to maintain that over a long period of time? Um, the next uh, part around personal branding, um, I would say, is uh, being consistent. Um, if, you, if you remain consistent and you share um, content and you share your opinion on a weekly, daily basis, you're really going to reap the, the rewards and you're going to speed up the process in becoming a thought leader or um, reap the rewards of just having a personal brand that's become a real asset to you um, as a recruiter and as a recruitment business owner. Um, so I'd say being consistent. And the third and final one is um, to, to um, always engage with your audience. So what I mean by that is if anyone anyone comments on your post comment back if anyone messages you messages you and you you might not get something out of it or it's it's just someone that quite frankly you're never going to get those two minutes back message them back the reason why I say that is for me I think that you just if if people are willing to stop what they're doing and comment on your post or message you you have to respect that and you have to engage back because you just have to, <laughs> is my advice. So I think that, so to break that down is be uh, true to yourself, be consistent and always in- engage with your audience. Um, no matter how big you are, obviously sometimes it, when you get to that point, 
um, of like literally you're, you get bombarded with questions and comments and uh, messages there might be a bit more difficult but as you're building I think you need you need to comment back to every single person you need to message every single person back because you'd rather be the person known as well okay Amit has come back to me and he's given me his time rather than well I've, I've just reached out to Amit and he hasn't come back to me so I think um, engaging with your audience and making the time to always go back to them um, is the most important thing um, Last question from Amit. Currently, I see video used more frequently. Do you think this will evolve, evolve or change in the years to come into alternative formats? Or will video be used in other ways to develop varied content or keep people engaged? I think video is to stay, if I'm honest. I think what I did do in preparation was I Googled straight away Amit, and you might want to Google this. I just Googled basically um, video marketing statistics for 2019. Um, the first page that come up, I'll just... Um, just uh, share some of the statistics that I, I shared. Um, let's have a look. Six out of ten people would rather watch online videos than television. Google was the source. Um, by 2022, online videos will make up more than 82% of all consumer internet traffic, 15 times higher than it was in 2017. Cisco was the um, source of that. That's mental. Um, 78% of people watch online videos every week and 55% uh, view online videos every day. That was from HubSpot. Um, what else have we got on here that's interesting? Uh, 75% of all video plays are on mobile devices. Devices. That's interesting. Um, viewers retain 95% of a message when they watch it in a video compared to 10% when reading it in text. That's, that's mental. Um Last one. By 2020, there will be close to 1 million minutes of video crossing the internet per second. Cisco again. Jesus Christ, that is mental. So, may, hopefully that's answered your question, Amit. I think um, video is to stay. And I think a big reason for that is, look, I think it's, it's just that connection, that how, how, how we're, how we're right, uh, wired, right? And I think it's particularly as a, recruiter people buy from people I've already said it that that was always my mindset when I got in front of the camera in, in sort of early 2017 was if I can get I can get Hisham Azuz across in this video a lot better than I can in in written form so I think that's why it works it's just a lot more engaging there's a lot more going on it's, it's nice to just sit there and watch something um so yeah hopefully that answered your question um and the last question um, is from Stephen Joseph, um, is, um, I responded to a post on LinkedIn or put it out, uh, my own content out. I always have the need to trim it back for the sake of the, f- of my firm. Uh, this is difficult for two reasons. One, that's not really my true opinion. And two, average content doesn't get read. From what I understand, people like to read a strong opinion, even if they disagree. So I think what, what Stephen's trying to say here is that, um, He's having to sort of change and sort of refrain from really showing what he wants to because of the firm and the company that he works for. That's a really difficult one again, you know. Um, again, I've sort of already answered it with the question that Sam's asked me. But Stephen, I think, as I've already said, I think, I think I'm going to have to sort of use the same answer here is that you're employed by this business. You're employed as a competent employee of this business. Um, you speak to the people that 
um, essentially are um, engaging with the brand on a daily, weekly basis, if that's face-to-face, if that's on the phone. So I think if they can trust you to have those conversations, to be consultative, to share your opinion, which all recruiters do, you can't just be a yes recruiter. You have to stand for what you believe in and what you know is true and uh, your opinion and your consultative approach is what's going to make you stand out from the rest right so I think that if if you're doing that in person which you will be and if you're doing that over the phone I don't see why your business and the business that you work for should have a problem with you sharing these things online and I think, look, if you're going to jump online and start saying this candidate is terrible, they didn't turn up for an interview, this client is terrible and they screwed us over, then obviously that isn't, that isn't, that isn't in, the, in the company's benefit. But I think what, what could go wrong? Um, like what is the worst case scenario? Someone commenting and saying that's, that's absolute bollocks, Stephen, what are you on about? I don't know. Like what, what actually could, like what is the worst case scenario right here? So... I don't know if that's answered your question and apologies if I haven't, but I think um, if you're being told to refrain from sharing, then yeah, that is difficult. And look, it's easy for me to say, but I don't know. Think about, is is this the type of business I want to be working for? Is that a valid question? Maybe, maybe not. It's something to think about. But if you're making the assumption that um, your brand or the company you work for is not going to be happy, then I would say don't make the assumption and actually share some content um, and, and see what happens. Because at the end of the day, and there's so much noise out there that, let's be real, what are the chances of, of your content going viral? Um, what are the chances that it's going to stick around and it's going to have a really damaging impact on the business? And quite frankly, um, people are going to forget about it a week down the line if it's that bad. Look, we get hit with content every single day by all different uh, businesses. So I'd I'd say if you're making the assumption you haven't started or you haven't shared content because you think that's how your company is going to take it, then I'd say don't make the assumption and just start and see what happens. Um, Hopefully that helped. Um, Wow. So look, they're all the um, questions. Thank you so much to each and every one of you that has uh, um, sent me some questions. I've uh, really enjoyed that. I hope all of you have too. As I said, um, look, for me to maintain the value um, of this podcast, um, it's only going to be by listening to all of you that take the time to to listen to it. So um, if you have any feedback on this mini-series and particularly this episode and answering your questions, then I would really appreciate it if you uh, let me know what you thought, if I could improve it in any way, if I should do more of them, etc. So look, that's... um, the third and final part of the personal branding mini series. So, um, thank you so much to all of you that have listened, and um, I'll uh, speak to you all soon. <laughs>